Oh, man. This is the most exciting thing I've seen since Haley's Comet collided with the moon. That never happened, Dad. Sure it didn't. TGIF, it's Manson Mitchell with Gary Manson, Suzanne Mitchell. A double shot of good conversation with great guests to jumpstart your weekend. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. Thank you, Eric Prima. TGIF indeed, everyone. Hi, I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. Together, we are Manson Mitchell in your ears for the hour. And being Friday, that means that once again, we are privileged to work alongside, diagonally across the continent, of course. By 3,000 miles. With <laughs> bad boy Benny Mathers. Benny, how are you, sir? Yeah, give or take a mile or two. Oh! News team assemble! <laughs> <laughs> I had to. Yeah. 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 That exhausts our sound effects budget right. for the year, of course. Yeah. 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 Right. For 2024. Wow, what a, what a year we've had already. Hope you enjoyed it, everyone. Well, today it is our pleasure. And, you know, you reminded me, Suzanne, of how many times this lady has been on with us. And where has all of that time gone? Wow. Well, I, I will tell you exactly where all that time went. We started our show in March of 2007. And the first time we had our guest today on was in 2009. And so she's been with us a long time. She was an early sponsor of our show, which means that she was keeping us on air and help keeping us afloat at KKNW and eventually got her own show and now she's once more a guest on our show and we are thrilled to have her today. Alicia Michelle began interpreting astrology charts in 1998 when she understood how intimately we are connected to the sun, the stars and planets as one system that includes us, our biorhythms and nature. She interprets charts from both a personality point of view and a soul point of view. She's been a guest on our show now for the 27th time, 27th time uh, since 2009, and she is a listener favorite. Her website is astroaware.net, and we will be sure to give that information out at the bottom of the hour break. Welcome, Alicia Michelle, a friend we have met in person, we have dined with, and we are just so thrilled to have you with us today. Thank you, Suzanne. What a great welcome. Thank you so much. Great to see you both. You're one of the top five people that we've ever had on the show. So, That's amazing. 27 times. Yeah. No, no stats. That's awesome. We, we refer to folks like you as stratospheric guests. <laughs> right. Love it. <laughs> I'm so we've thrilled been, to be here. Thank you for the invite. We've been talking astrology with you for 17 years, and, and you've been teaching us a lot, and we've been learning a lot uh, based on the things you've said. Gary and I have both gotten charts done from you, mm -hmm. and and so and, and I think uh, my brother has. We, we've recommended people to get charts from you because you're very good at chart interpretation and Thank I won't you. go into all those details now, but I will say Alicia was very accurate with what she said about me. So <laughs> me and my chart and my soul plan. Oh, thank you. Alicia, what have you been up to lately? Well, I'm running a little wellness center down here in Gainesville, Florida, and I've been doing workshops and classes and uh, just working with the community and some online things as well. 
Um, I did a um, summit over the summer, Summit of Light Summit, um, with some amazing teachers and therapists and healers. And I've just been keeping myself really busy. Um, I'm always, just like before we went on air, I'm just so inspired and excited every day, just looking at these dynamics and how we're connected to them and what's coming up for us. So it, it keeps me pretty uh, pretty in the zone <laughs> most of the time. Yeah. When we spoke to you about a year ago, I made a note that said that uh, uh, Pluto was going into Aquarius on January 20, 2024. I wrote it yeah. down. Pluto and Aquarius, January 20, 2024. You, we have been talking about that age of Aquarius thing for a long time. And you were the one that said, it's not a light switch. It takes years to do. It's not like we're in the age of Aquarius suddenly. Yeah. But now what does it portend now that Pluto is in Aquarius? Well, I mean, I think we're pretty well on our way. We're definitely in the perimeters now. Um, with the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction on December 20th, 2020, um, my sense that's when we really first started. A lot of people were calling that the Christ star. Uh, people around the world came out to see that conjunction happen. Um, it was very um, prominent. A lot of people knew about it. But that, that, that was at zero degrees Aquarius. So that basically, if you think of it in terms of quantum physics, there's particles and there's waves. Particles would be the planets and the fixed stars. And the waves is the constellation because it creates a quality of energy in the quantum field. So when we first enter it, it's when it's, in fact, it's when we feel the most crisis of the energy. Just like when Pluto first entered Capricorn in 2008. You guys remember that? Like what was going on in the planet uh, with the real estate, the dot-com, the Bernie Madoff, right? These types of things happen because Pluto was exposing any misuse of power, any darkness that was hidden, especially when it comes to top-down power and infrastructure because it was Capricorn. So what we've been going through since 2008, finally we're coming out of it. I don't know. I'm going to ask you guys, do you feel any kind of difference in your own life? Or do you have a sense of like something has really come to a close and it's time to let go of some things? Are you guys sensing that? Oh, yes. I very, am. Very much so. Yeah. And strangely enough, I just uh, released and closed something yesterday. And, and that was that I had uh, purchased a car. From my brother six years yeah. ago and um I, I thought it would be good for us to have a cute little convertible to drive around florida in and nice. it didn't work out as well as the dream about it did it was an older vehicle <laughs> it required a lot of repairs then it was too hot and too rainy and you didn't want to even put the top down and i eventually said what am i doing with this convertible mm. and <laughs> and so i've I've the longer I've had it, the less I've liked it. And yesterday I sold it. Oh, yesterday. Wow. <laughs> yesterday. The man Culminated. gave me cash and I gave him the key and and we did the uh, title transfer and we were we were all done. And so yes, as far as, you know, releasing things, I do have that sense that we're we're doing that now. Yeah. So basically, when we first started talking, I met you guys in 2009. I remember doing the event and we and I showed you guys basically how astrology works, why, how we're connected to the solar system, just like we're connected to the 
trees for oxygen on the planet um, and the water. I mean, think of it, it's one system. So like the water, even the tributaries and the, and the, and the rivers, it's like the veins and the arteries in our bodies. Uh, the fact that we're 70% water, so is the earth, you know, and we have a east, we have a left and right hemisphere of the brain. And on the earth, we have an east and a Western philosophies that kind of have that corpus colossum that divides the two, but there's still one. So with um, 2008 is when Pluto was transforming infrastructure. That's when it first initiated. So 248 years before that is when we had the American Revolution, the Russian Revolution, the French Revolution. So patterns repeat, you know, so it's a cosmic clock. It's a huge atom as above, so below. Um, the microcosm and the macrocosm. So what we're entering now, you guys, is the age of Aquarius. So Pluto's going to be here for 20 years. And it's all about basically, and energetically, it's we the people. It has a lot to do with freedom, progressiveness, moving into innovation. And But what it first does, like I said earlier, Pluto will expose where there's darkness, where there's a misuse of power. So in this case, it would be the Aquarian energy, and that would be technology, or power Pluto through technology, uh, all the cameras everywhere and all the control and the mechanisms to control the people. But everything has spectrum on this dimension, on the third dimension. And that is how we learn. We learn by the contrast. Okay. So with this Pluto in Aquarius, it's going to amplify and intensify the nature of whatever sign it's in. So Aquarius is all about innovation. It's about technology and science, but the negative expression of that would be like hyper-rationalism, hyper-logic. It'd be like that guy, what's his name, Yuval Noah Harari? He reminds me of, do you guys know who I'm talking about? He's working with Charles Schwab. Do y'all know this no. name? Oh, you don't? Oh, well, check him out. To me, he's he's a very negative expression of Pluto in, in Aquarius. Just, you know, wants to kind of get rid of most of the population. And we don't really need all these people. And it's very cold and detached. Um, Is he volunteering to uh, parachute uh, parachute elsewhere? Or? <laughs> no, he belongs here. Just every, everyone else doesn't. Yeah. But, yeah. There we go. Yeah. You, not so much. <laughs> yeah, check him out. Yuval Noah Harari is his name. But to me, he really expresses the negative spectrum of this, this particular energy. But it's, you know, it's... um. It reveals any corruption in the nature of the sign that it enters. But here's the positive expression of it, you guys. When um, when it went into um, um, Aquarius in 1777, that is when we had the American Revolution. That's when we began, you know, the Constitution Convention was 1786. The Bill of Rights, uh, 1789. Um, the Federalist Papers, 1787. So there was a lot about how we can you know, there's altruism in this energy field. So it's just imagine that this, the qualities of the, the planets and their interplay between the constellations creates music, music of the spheres. And it creates this quality of chi, inner chi in the field. And then we respond or we react. If we don't have conscious awareness or we're just on automatic pilot and rote, we're not, we're just going to react over and over. And that's why raising consciousness is so important. And that's what I see happening. And so to give you a, a reference point, um, the last time Pluto went into Aquarius was 1532. And that was, uh, you know, the it was coming into the Renaissance period. But King Henry VIII, he separated the church from the state so he could have more freedom. He wanted a divorce, but <laughs> he did give more power to the people. And that's what Pluto and Aquarius is about. The time frame before that 
1286 to 1308, um, who was it? Edward I, English common law, given more rights to the ordinary people. So it's a theme, right? So Aquarius, if you guys know any Aquarian people, they're progressive. Capricorn, yes. Capricorn represents Kronos, time, elderly, old, you know, the patriarchy, the Uranian energy that's coming in. It's about progressiveness. What were, yeah, you got something, Gary? Oh, well, just that uh, I agree with what you're saying. I I know some Aquarians. Suzanne. Half I, my family is Aquarian. She's related oh, really? to them. I, wow. I, have, I have cousins, grandparents, great aunt, all wow. kinds of people that are Aquarians, neighbors who I like. Interesting. I, I like the Aquarian energy and I understand how they think a little bit differently oh, than, yeah. than a lot of people. And, and and I, I'm always surprised by what they say and what they do <laughs> because it's it's just not predictable. But True. but they have wonderful minds and I love my Aquarian relatives and friends. Yeah. I found that one of the and there are many, but one of the salient traits of Aquarius is this desire for universal brother and sisterhood, mm -hmm. a cosmic coming together harmoniously. Yep. Now, how that's achieved, I don't, I'm a Virgo, I'm an earth sign. So Aquarius, I'm, I, it's the water bearer, but it's an air sign, which I've always found ironic, Alicia. Yeah. But the idea there is that there, there are universal principles to be explored, but also applied. And maybe Aquarius would apply them one way. And I would think uh, in a cutting edge fashion, if not avant-garde, but always forward thinking. Whereas mm -hmm. a Virgo like myself, Capricornians as well, tend to be, well, as the element indicates, earthy, but pragmatic. Right. And sometimes the pragmatist looks at the idealist with some skepticism about how far do you think you can take this and is it such a good thing after all? Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. So Aquarians are um, our innovators and our visionaries. So um, and also think about in terms of it brings in soul groups. OK, Pluto is an outer body. So it brings in generational soul groups. So, for instance, I'll give you an example. Um, the one the big one I remember right off is 1965, April 65, 66, that time frame. It was Uranus conjunct Pluto in Virgo. And that brought in a bunch of people that were here that were going to ground because we embody these energies. We are mostly water. We are a conduit for energy and electricity. So with awareness, we literally embody these energy and these fractals, right? So that generation, as that group became 40 years of age around their Uranus opposition, when they became 37, 45 in that group, that time frame, 42, they really became like the movers and shakers on the planet and helped change the collective psyche. So the children being born now, when they become 30 and 40 years old, they're the leaders and they're the ones that's going to embody this really progressive, innovative, visionary, futuristic format. Does that make sense? It does. And I think that it is presaged by people. I don't know what his birth sign is, but Elon Musk your innovators, the people who are rich and daring. Mm -hmm. and I I think that you have that as a kind of um, introduction of a phase that will mature over the next Absolutely. few decades. Absolutely. Yeah, so the, always, the, go ahead. There's always people on that cutting edge that kind of pop their heads out 
ahead of time and say, I'm pointing in this direction. And so then, then the, the, the rest of us, the rest of us slow people, <laughs> we're, we're saying, oh, really, what direction is that? And we're kind of, they're, they're kind of pointing the way and looking ahead yes. and, and ahead of their time. You know, Absolutely. we've seen people who have been like ahead of their time and you say, well, it's a nice idea, but you know, that's not going to come about in my lifetime. Yeah. And, and so you can see the, those innovative uh, ideas that present themselves and, and it's just like a, a, a clarion call to what's going to happen in the future. Absolutely. Like Einstein and Tesla both had very strong Uranus placements in their matrix. So Uranus was conjunct their sun, I believe, for both of them. Um, I'd have to look. It's been a long time since I looked at their sun. And on the break, I'm going to check out Elon Musk's chart. I haven't looked at his. Oh, okay. But these people, when they have really innovative ideas, they tend to be quirky, eccentric, um, even, you know, kind of aloof and, you know, different. You know, they are different because they're meant to bring in something different. They can't just plug into the collective. They need to be on the outside looking in. That's part of their design, how they're wired. I'm very curious to know, going back to what you said about abuse of power mm -hmm. and technology, because uh, it just occurred to me just in the last few moments, artificial intelligence. I mean, now, is that going to be something that will give us tremendous advances and contribute to progress? Or is it Pandora's box? <laughs> well, that's exactly what I'm looking at too, Gary. It's It can go either way. It depends on how we wield our powers, how much consciousness. That's why it's so important to awaken the critical mass point so more people are awake and aware and not on automatic pilot. Because AI, the negative expression of Pluto in Aquarius, is a takeover, cyborgs, like where humanity loses its humanity. And Aquarius is all about humanity, true humanity and humanitarian. And so the the issue, the, the primarily for me, what I'm seeing that I am pretty fired up about is the fact that the if we start putting technology in the body, we're going to change the biofield. We're electric magnetic beings. And so it's actually literally going to mess with the, the, the body's constitution. And so what people don't, a lot of people, you guys know, a lot of people in the know know that we have all these gifts, but they're in the upper parts of the energy centers, the upper part of the chakras. But if you lock yourself down with these metallic forces inside, you know, nanotechnology inside the body, you're going to be stuck from the solar plexus, sacral and root chakra down. You won't be able to access the heart or the ajna and the higher upper, you know, gifts. And that's what frightens me the most, because we actually have what we call superhuman gifts in the upper chakras. And if we and the children, you know, they're, they've been trained their whole lives with like power. Uh, what do they call it? Superpowers. I remember my daughter, too. She saw a lot of those little cartoons. It was always about superpowers. Well, we already have superpowers. We just have to access them, and they're within us. My first job out of college ended up being in banking locally for a variety of reasons. And I was um, working with the people who were starting having a, a credit card going through the bank because the bank didn't have one. They said, okay, we're going to have a credit card division now. And it was very interesting as they were putting it together. But the the man who led the way and, and made the department and hired the people and started issuing the credit cards, he said, um, down the road, people won't be using credit cards. They're just going to have a little chip in their arm 
And so when they go to check out, they'll just put their arm out and that's how all their banking will be handled. And I never forgot that because mm -hmm. I've been saying, at what point are people going to be chipped? And when, right. when they started yeah. chipping dogs and, mm -hmm. and putting chips into dogs so that they could be recovered and returned to their owners if they ran away, I thought, wow, first the dogs, then the people. Yeah. That's that's really kind of amazing and scary all at once. I was going to say time. nothing frightening about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the children too. There's a there's been a big campaign because so many children go missing that parents will put chips in their children so they can find them quicker and, and hopefully keep them from peril. Or, um, but yeah, so this is um, the the shift is the shift to the power to the people. That is what's happening here. Just like uh, let their let her, let them eat cake. Who was that? Who said that it was oh, yeah, Marie Right. Yeah. Okay. That was during the same time frame, you guys, because they the the people, the populace, the common folks said, "Hey, you guys are abusing your power." You know, we elected you. You're supposed to be for the people. So the people rose up, and look what's going on right now, all around the world. Look at the farmers. Um, and the different, you know, places. I actually wrote that one down too. There was we had that in the United States at one point too, where the farmers revolted. Um, were you going to say something? Oh, it was called Shays Rebellion in Massachusetts mm. um, because they were the high taxes and they they were being imprisoned for their debts and evicted and all that. But they they came out against them. And I was thinking about what's going on in Germany and England right now with the farmers and even America. So one of my I don't want to trivialize it by calling it a pet peeve because it's more serious than that by far. Look at what we do to our oceans. Oh, gosh. I mean, there are people, there are initiatives, and God bless them. I wish them Godspeed. They are trying to clean up the oceans by removing so much plastic. I mean, if you go to a beach in some countries, it's like plastic bottles are like so many jellyfish, you know? And I'm wow. thinking, well, we need to get rid of all that stuff and make sure that it doesn't come back. You know, the idea Again. is to retrain humanity to treat Mother Nature with much greater respect. And, you know, I was around for Earth Day 1970. And have we made a lot of progress? Yes, but it seems to be sometimes like two steps forward, one step back. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like part of the big initiative right now, it's been kind of going on for a while, like you just mentioned, but Saturn is in Pisces. Saturn entered Pisces like a year ago. It'll be there until May of 2025, I believe. And Saturn is restructuring. Pisces is the ocean. Pisces is the water. So there, so it's in the field and we're responding to it. We're like, man, and then when you see, just like you said, those bottles on the beach, and then you see that forget what it's called, but it's, it has this big current and it's just tons of trash somewhere. I've just seen photos. The first time I saw it, I just wept. Yeah. I had no idea it was there, you know, and it's just, it's so unacceptable. How can that happen? But yeah, it's absolutely part of what's going on in the field right now, Gary, is, and also the water that we drink, the taking care of our bodies, you know, understanding the lymphatic system, the circulation of the blood, like taking better care of our body temples, like all of this is in the field and we are starting to respond and react to it more and more consciously. But I love the Saturn. I want to say one more thing about the Saturn Pisces. It's May 24th. It goes into Aries, but it also creates um, a container for our vision. Okay. Because Pisces is our, our spirituality. It's our 12th house. So there is a big spiritual movement happening on the planet right now. 
um, part of it is the compassion that we feel because of like what's going on in Ukraine and and in um, um, Gaza and even in America, we've got all kinds of crisis everywhere. So it, it's really hard, but at the same time, it does spark this, you know, compassion and, and love inside of every most people, <laughs> a lot of people, maybe not everybody. You know, Alicia, I have found it increasingly difficult in the last six months to stay glued to the TV news. I need to be aware. We get on the radio. You know, we expound to some extent. But, you know, there are times it just gets to be too much. And yes. I'll walk out of the room because, I mean, I just go on sensory overload. I have a feeling someone as sensitive as yourself has experienced something like that as well. To be honest, I don't have a TV since I left home and I don't watch TV ever and I don't watch movies ever. I can't because this is so much violence and um, it comes back as a, like an intrusive thought when I'm, you know, doing dishes or working. So I just don't do it um, when I need information. I'll tune in and I have people that send me things, but um, I try to stay more just in a meditative, contemplative, intuitive place, open hearted, because, yeah, it's destructive for me, David, Gary, you're you nailed it. It's very difficult. It's hard to watch. I have I have found myself that speaking of this compassion, um, I I have spent a lot of time, um, especially coming and going and being out in the world to stores and gas stations and places where you have to go, transacting my business with efficiency and getting out of there. <laughs> and what I have found more recently in the last, well, I want to say last year or so is stopping to connect with people, um, asking them about something or telling them about something that I like, you know, oh, nice. I really like your hair that way. Yeah. Or, you know, great pair of shoes or what are your plans for Christmas? And, yeah. and so I that compassion and, and even just seeing people on the street while we're walking, a lot of friendliness, a lot of, you know, hey, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. um, and I, and I, that feels good to me that my part to play is to be a little bit less robotic in getting my walk-in or my shopping done or something like that, get in, get out, you know, get home safely, that there is this, this pause of recognizing other people even for a moment's extension, even for a moment of a okay. smile in the yeah. grocery store. And I and I feel like it's a small thing, but it's really called for right mm -hmm. now. It's really called for to say, you know, I see you. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I totally agree. Because we all had to wear masks for, for a while, right? Yes. We were all six feet yes. apart, no gathering, no fellowshipping, couldn't right. even go to reunions or weddings or funerals. So now that we're past that, it's like so nice to see someone's face and their smile and their eyes, you know, and greet them. And, and how are you? And yeah, this is our, this is humanity. This is definitely Aquarian too, because we start to see how we're similar and how we're connected instead of focusing so much on how we're different. Yes. That paradigm shift is definitely happening right now too. Oh, and there's I love a, there's that. a beauty. Yeah. Yes, I do. I love that. We have reached the bottom of the hour. Time for our one and only break. When we come back, more with Alicia Michelle. She is astro aware, and we will give you information. Most notably, Alicia herself will give you information and let you know how you can get in touch with her. She has so much to offer. 
We are Manson Mitchell. Thank you for joining us today. We will be right back. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detailed in each magazine with all your itinerary. We could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure. Staying connected with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell is easy. Just go to manceandmitchell.com for the latest info on topics and guests. Friend Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell on their Facebook pages and like the Mance and Mitchell show page at facebook.com slash manceandmitchell. If you're on Twitter, share a follow with Gary and Suzanne at Mance Mitchell. Join Gary and Suzanne Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for an unusual show that covers everything from personal growth to the paranormal. Here's an amazing act. Here's a tremendous act. Here's a startling act. The amazing, the thrilling, the greatest, spectacular, incredible, exciting, wonderful, world-famed, most unusual novelty act. The home of the A-Team of Alternative Talk is manceandmitchell.com. Heard right here on Alternative Talk 1150 AM or streaming live from your computer anywhere. Terry Loving wants to help you with your online marketing challenges right now. She has several courses she is giving away to help you get your business working for you online. Yes, giving away. WordPress websites are her specialty, yet her technical skills go way beyond that. Check out her blog at terryloving.com or email her directly at terry at terryloving.com. That's terry at terryloving.com. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcome Alicia Michelle, astrologer, who looks ahead into 2024 for how we may be affected by upcoming planetary positions. On Saturday, Nicole Strickland and Karen Anderson talk about the eternal bonds between humans and pets. They are with us for a while, yet remain with us forever. Bringing you mastery and mystery since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. On the path to good health and well-being, Alternative Talk 1150 is the station for you. Welcome back to Manson Mitchell and our guest for the 27th time, Alicia Michelle from Gainesville, Florida, just up the road about two and a half hours from where Gary and I live. Alicia, you have so many things going on. And as I said at the outset, Gary and I both actually have charts that you have put together and explained a lot about not only the personality part of an astrological chart, but also the soul part of an astrological chart. Mm -hmm. So please let our listeners know how they can connect with you, what you have going on and what they might be able to participate in. Okay, thanks. Um, Well, my website is um, www.astroware.net. And um, I'm also the founder of 13 Moons Healing Arts Studio here in Gainesville, Florida. And I'm really just dedicated to helping people remember their natural biorhythms, their connection to nature, and their connection to the solar system. Because uh, to me, at the end of the day, it's about remembering who you are and your uniqueness, your power, your strength, your talents. But then also dealing with any shadow stuff we're still hanging around, hanging around, you know, that we haven't let go of or dealt with. Um, and, re- and restoring our DNA so we can remember um, our spiritual self and our destiny, what we're supposed to be doing. So, um I do workshops, uh, have one once the first Saturday of every month here at the studio, and then I do things online, and I'm always available by Zoom calls to do personal readings. 
Um, but ultimately, my goal, you guys, is to hit that critical mass. Help. You guys are doing it too by doing your work, but that's what we're here to do is get that critical mass point so we can remember, wake up, and have a new paradigm because I see the new paradigm coming really soon. And I know we're going to talk about this in this part of the session of the show. Yes, we are. Yes, mm -hmm. we are. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And you had some some notes that you were going over with regard to 2024. So I want to give you the opportunity to finish up, you know, what it was you were looking at for this upcoming year. Okay. Well, one of the main things is that um, it's about we're, we're, we're going into a lot of air energy. Air is about communication, information, intelligence. And one of the things I like to remind people that talk about artificial intelligence is that there wouldn't be an artificial intelligence if there wasn't an intelligence because I have a lot of that, 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 that emanates all things, right? So a lot of people, there's more and more people that don't, they think we just die and then we just, you know, that's it. But if we didn't have an intelligence that was emanating and creating everything, we wouldn't have to create an artificial aspect of that. And so air indicates intelligence and, and it's speed, it's fast. So what we're going to see coming up, what we're already doing, it's already happening. In May of this year, Jupiter is going to go into Gemini. The last time Jupiter was in Gemini was 2013 to 2013, uh, sorry, 2012 to 2013. And so what that is about, it expands what it touches. Saturn restructures and it contracts what it touches. Pluto transforms what it touches. Uranus awakens what it touches. So each of these planets have this quality, this verb, if you will, that they actualize into the quantum field. So when we have Jupiter going into Aquarius, uh, into Gemini, it's going to actually connect with um, Pluto too this year. And um, and that is going to be like an expansion of our awareness. I mean, we're going to see on April 19th. Well, let me tell you these two first. So we're going to see a big expansion of our understanding of nature and ourself in it. There's going to be a really big push and a lot more coming out in terms of technology and artificial intelligence and robotics. Um, and then we're going to have um, the ability to really think in a way, to think outside the box, because the like you were talking earlier about your relatives, Suzanne, the Aquarian energy, the Iranian energy is very much about on the outside looking in. It's very much on the um, kind of the quirky maverick person, mad scientist, you know, archetype, where they really think differently. So what's happening is if those energies plus Jupiter and uh, going into Gemini, it will expand the way we think and process information, the way we communicate. It will expand all our intelligence, basically. That was the key thing. The next real big one that I'm excited about is April 20th, 2024. This is when Jupiter connects with um, Uranus, exactly, at 20 degrees. Taurus, okay? So Taurus... What does that mean as a I'm practical say, say that matter? again. Okay, I'm going to, okay, April 20, 2024. April 20, this is what I want you guys to know and anybody listening, write this date down. It's very key. It's very important. So it has to do, Taurus is fixed earth, you guys, but it also has to do with money and assets and the economy and earning potential. It's about building form. It's about financial agreements. It's resources. Um, it's our income. It's our, our value, our personal values. So when you get Jupiter expansion, conjunct exactly to Uranus, innovation, awakening, illumination, we're going to see something massive in mid-April this year. And I, I don't know how it's going to manifest, but I do know it has something to do with the economy. I'll tell you that. And it's worldwide, obviously, because it's in the quantum field. 
Uranus is the planet of surprises too. So, I mean, I may have to watch the news that day. <laughs> or a couple of days before, because the thing is it's pressure, it builds up, it's already building, but the exact hit is April 20th. So you can feel it can happen a few days before, a few days after, but because it's, you know, it's energy um, and it's a wave, right? So like, like Suzanne was saying earlier, but it is absolutely going to create a ripple and something, it can be shocking, surprising, unexpected. Um, in the in the field and in, in, the, in the economy, I really do see it um, pretty strongly to do with the the money system and the assets. And how does we, it seem to you like it will be particularly adverse, or is it something where people see opportunity? I don't just mean the people at the top, but uh, the rest of us can look at this and say, "Oh, this is a development that could really benefit a lot of people, and not just the rich, but the rest of us." As I say, you know, people who want to. You know, our society, I'm expanding the topic a little bit here, but yeah. our society is aging around the world. Societies are aging and people want to know whether or not they're going to be comfortable in their old age. Yeah, exactly. But I, I'm thinking the way I'm seeing it, Gary, is with the Gemini and then the Aquarius with Jupiter and Pluto, that we are on the verge of a great awakening. And that awakening can take us a whole different way. Now, if we are, if we're, okay. It's like this. If we're so plugged into CNN and all the news and then we listen to the, you know, the terrible things that are going to happen. And I know a lot of it, it's um, negative news sells more than positive. It's just kind of we all understand that. Right, right. It. But the news is connected to air signs. It, news is media. It's communication. It's information. That's air. OK, so Jupiter going into uh, excuse me. Yeah, Jupiter going into Gemini this year is going to expand our consciousness and our the way we hear the news and what we're willing to, like you said, turn it off. You don't even want to listen to it. But here's the thing. If we listen to it and then we repeat it with our words, one, thoughts are things, it has quanta, but then we repeat it, we put it into the field, we're energizing that to happen. So what my, I, I'm about is how about we create a new paradigm and it starts here in our minds and our hearts and we, we have a new agreement. Because this this particular conjunction, you guys, is an opportunity. It can be. That's how I'm seeing it. And it's and it creates a whole new 13 year cycle as well financially with how we're going to do things. That, you know, wow. I'm, I'm no economist. I'm no financial advisor. That's for sure. But that fascinates me. Alicia, I've been looking for the good news here for a while and talking to as many people as we can about optimism and what they see coming and all of that and and you've presented more in the last 45 minutes than than i've been hearing and i i really like this idea that things uh the way you see them really are getting better i think so um i'm seeing a totally new zeitgeist for the planet zeitgeist for people on in your audience that don't know that word it means the spirit of the times it's the collective unconscious the collective conscious, right? How it interacts. And so what I'm seeing as um, it's it's Saturn conjunct Neptune in Aries, one degrees Aries. And then we also have uh, this orbital pattern of Uranus, excuse me, Neptune and Pluto. When those things happen and they go into Aries, which happens in uh, June of 2025. So that's just two years away. We are going to be in a new zeitgeist. What the the media kind of pumps everything up to be is World War Three zombie attacks, you know, all these things, very, very negative. And so that's not what I'm saying. I'm seeing mass awakening, a reset in a positive way 
Reset's inevitable, guys. We all know that. Pluto in Capricorn has crumbled the old world. It is done. We have to rebuild, but we can do it together because Pluto and Aquarius and the Aquarian energy is we the people working together for humanity with altruism and with consciousness because Uranian energy is higher consciousness. Mercury's lower. Mercury is a Gemini. The higher octave of Mercury is Uranus. Uranus is the higher mind. It's where we get the, it's the super ego, or not super ego. Is that what it's called? The super id? Super consciousness. Super conscious. Oh. There we go. Yeah. Okay. It's the super conscious, right? So that's the the higher place. Like Einstein said, we cannot solve a problem from the same level of consciousness that created it. We've got to get out of the logical, linear, rational left brain. we got to go higher. That's what I see happening this year, Gary, with all this shift into air, because we've been in earth. Earth can be heavy and pragmatic. It's pragmatic's a good aspect of earth energy, but it can get stuck. It's, it can be slow to change. Like I feel comfortable here, you know, especially Taurus. Taurus gets very comfortable because it's fixed earth alchemically. It's the, it's the densest form. But when we go into a higher vibration, it's a different bandwidth. It's a different frequency to go into air because earth is here, right? It's the physical level. Air is up here. Okay. So it takes us into a higher consciousness. Plus so many kids are being born right now that have more memory and they're seeing and perceiving, even some of them seeing their past lives when they come in. So it's just a matter to me, it's just grasping it and looking at it honestly and starting with ourselves, you know, honest self-appraisal starts at home. We start here and then we go outward. But I'm seeing massive, massive regeneration on the planet. And I'm, the zeitgeist, the new, the polarity shift isn't, to me, I see it in 2025. I'm, I've actually talked to other astrologers, including uh, David Cochran from Avalon College and Kepler College. And these are masters. He's a master teacher. Um, he's been doing it for over 50 years and he sees it too. And so I felt confirmed <laughs> to hear it from David Cochran. But yeah, it's uh, it's unfolding and the old is being dismantled completely. You know, in, in times past, when you've talked about the old being dismantled, I think it's given me a little bit of a shiver, like, oh, what does that mean? And how is that going to affect me? But, you know, now when you talk about it, it doesn't seem so scary. You know, it, it is going to be a bit of a ride. But um, I, I think that we're up for having things be better and we're willing to go through what it is we're going to have to go through to get there. Yeah. And you see what how, how it happened because the infrastructure, Capricorn is the banking, it's healthcare, it's education, it's uh, the economy. And so what has happened to the worldwide economy and education, healthcare since 2008? It's been massive. So, yes. but we are on the other side of it now. We're in new, we're running, we're going into a new era. Old eras, though, I've noticed, Alicia, don't go quietly. <laughs> it's like, okay, our day is over. You guys take over. I don't know when in history that has ever happened without a great deal of unrest, including warfare, call it tribal warfare, the mm -hmm. old versus the new. Ultimately, the new will win. Youth will be served in every sense. But the old ways don't go quietly. And I think we've experienced quite a lot of that in recent years, this resistance to change. Absolutely. Absolutely. So in terms of um, the entire, the rest of the 2024, just to touch base on that, is that um, the eclipse season changes into in September. We're going to see a couple things in September. So I took you guys all the way through the summer. 
And then, so in um, the lunar eclipse in September is going to go into Virgo. It's going to be 25 degrees Virgo. So it's Virgo Pisces. So we're going to be shifting out of the axis we're in right now. We've been in this since last July. So that means the North Node is the collective, um, what we're doing right now, like how what we need to let go of and where we're going. So it's been in Aries, okay? It still is in Aries. Um, but Aries is about, you know, that boldness, the initiative, that drive. It can play out as war because it's Aries, it's Mars, right? Again, it depends on who's wielding the power. But the, the energy shifts into um, Pisces in, um, in September. So the energy is going to be completely different. It's going to be more about humanity, you know, humanity and healing and compassion. And then also, you guys, one more time, believe it or not, Pluto is going to go retrograde back into Capricorn, 29 degrees in September, October of this year. And here it is. To me, this is the phoenix, though. It's the last hit of that energy. It's very unusual because it did it like six times. I followed it. I'm like, wow, I've never seen a planet do this many retrogrades right over the same point. But if you think about it in terms of quanta and energy, it creates a certain quality of energy. And so to me, what I'm seeing is that's the last of it, the, the energy right there. That's the last of the Mohicans. I don't know why I'm coming up saying that, but that's what came to mind. That that degree, September, October. But this is what when we what we really need to do to like accommodate that energy and 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 allow it to serve us is get rid of things, prune, prune your dead branches, you know, declutter work on your body, you know, um, really get like clear in your thoughts and your relationships and what's happening right now too. And that's why I, 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 on my site, I said, uh, what do you need to let go of? Because it really is a clearing of the old. That's where we're at right now so that we can have new energy for the the new that's coming in. But it's, um, it does shift quite a bit towards the end of the year. And then by the January of 2025, Pluto is going to be in Aquarius for 20 years. I like that. I like that a lot. Age of Aquarius, finally. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've been hearing about it long enough. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, the idea of the uh, that song, you know, from the musical Hair, you know, the Age of Aquarius. I was a kid when that was going on, and I thought, okay, 19, I remember 1967, I remember 1968, I remember 1969. And here we are in 2024, and we're talking about its arrival. That was a hell of a wait. <laughs> Gary, can I ask you, like, when you heard that growing up, what did it mean to you? How did that register? How did you perceive I, that? I'll tell you. Thank you for that question, mm -hmm. Alicia. For me, it was, it communicated to me not only revolution, because revolution was in the air back mm -hmm. in the day, but also there was a sense of immediacy to it. It wasn't something that I thought was going to play out over decades. I thought it's here now. Oh, it's wow. on us, you know, <laughs> but it really wasn't. And it goes back to, well, for example, in 1968, revolution was in the air, definitely, but who was elected president, however narrowly, Richard Nixon. It was like, we will go with the old guard. We will retreat into that perceived safety. Nobody knew what would unfold in the coming six years, but people felt like, I think we'll be better with the, the father figure, even though he's not popular with a lot of people, we'll feel safer. He's going to have a plan. He'll mm -hmm. get us out of the Vietnam war. 
And there was a sense of that being a return to stasis because 1967 and especially 1968, Alicia, were tough years to go through. It was yeah. like America was having a nervous breakdown. Wow. It was going on around the world. It wasn't just us, but of course we led the parade when it comes to world events as we typically do there. Mm -hmm. And it was like, wow, when is the pressure going to subside? How is all of this going to turn out? Wow. And I think there's a, there's a certain comfort people will take in going back to the familiar. Yeah, I agree. And uh, returning to kind of more uh, fundamentals, really, I think, too. Like, like we we're talking about the water, like recognizing things that we've really taken for granted. Even food, y'all. You know, food and seeds and where things come from and the air that we breathe and the water that we drink and the you know, the soil that we plant our food, you know, our seeds and like all these things are highly kind of disregarded, really not thought about. But these are like some of the most important things there are. And so I'm just really seeing regeneration across the board, uh, socially regeneration and families and um, economically, all of it is really going to be a big shift by 2025. And with it, sustainability is going to continue yes. to be a big issue. Absolutely. I don't know two cents worth of anything about hydroponic farming, but I've been to Epcot. And when you take mm -hmm. a tour at one of their uh, on one of their rides, you find out that this is happening now with a view to the future. It's about sustainability because the climate. I don't think there's any room for honest debate, maybe in terms of implications. But to me, climate change, global climate change is not debatable, it is a fact and it's happening now. Yep, and that's the earth, that's the Taurus energy, Gary, too, that we're, we're in. That's a seven year process that we're in, is really understanding the earth and its mechanisms and how it all, how it functions and how we can be better stewards of the earth. And that's on deck as well, absolutely. I just wanted to tell you guys something I thought was really cool because I've never seen this quote before. Um, when I was doing my research, I found this quote from JP Morgan. And then of course I looked up his chart but he said, um, millionaires don't use astrologers, but billionaires do. Ah. Oh, interesting. Isn't it? Wow. So astrology is really coming. Um, it's, it's time is now. I can tell. I've been doing it for a long time. And the younger people are really getting it. And there's plenty of people that are, you know, different generations. But this group, they are hungry for it. The esoteric information and the sciences. But he said that he was a he was a um, Aries, actually. So I just thought that was really interesting because queens and kings, you know, it's in the Bible, but then it just went really underground. I think during the dark ages, it became like a pseudoscience and something you just didn't talk about. But it's very, uh, it's very much an art and a science. And I love sharing it and I really appreciate the time with you guys. Are there any things, other questions? Well, this is by way of promoting you, Alicia. Okay. The chart you did for me, and I know Suzanne feels much the same way you went back to my formative influences and I'm older than you. You didn't know me then. And mm -hmm. I don't know how you knew how you could read my past so accurately. So I encourage people to get in touch with you. And we have a couple of minutes. If you want to say something more about how you work, then it would be good for people to know how accurate, how skilled and how talented you are at giving people a not just a prospectus on their life, but going into the fundamental influences that help them become who they are right now. 
Yeah, thank you for that, Gary. Yeah, it's it's definitely soul level. And it also, um, I can see past life, what's called a samskara. A samskara are imprints left over from previous lives that we come in this lifetime to neutralize. And that's why we meet up other people we've met, known from other lives as well, which um, is it's all in there as a tapestry. It's an energy, it's a, it's a language. But I can definitely see um, the soul patterns, your strengths, your gifts and attributes, but also what I call shadow and other people call shadow. It's Jungian psychology. When we bring what's in the unconscious to the conscious level, we can be empowered. But as long as it's suppressed and denied, it's running the show. So I, a lot of my work has to do with that and then helping people to understand just how you're wired and what's special about you and your uniqueness and to embrace that. Because we live in a culture, I know it's changing, but we have lived in a culture that's Everyone wants to kind of be the same and dress the same and do the same. And the television shows, it's very cookie cutter. But the the to me, the gift is in the uniqueness. It's like you're a snowflake, you know, you're all, we're all different. So, but the energy is a pattern in the moment you took your first breath, Gary. So any, any of us, when that cord is cut and we're, we're separated from the mother, even though energetically, there's still a, a white light between the two navels of the mom and the baby for about six and a half, seven years, but and, and but physically there's that the individuation that's the first one is at birth and that's when you take on the energy of the celestial interplay and that's what i read and it's fascinating and it works it's, it's a real thing it's how we're connected to the, the solar system and even the word solar system s-o-l solar is sun it's the soul so it yeah. can mean other things too yes but <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but the accuracy, that's what I want everyone to get about you, Alicia Michelle. Thank you. You are so accurate. And I encourage everyone, work with this lady because you will <laughs> find it most rewarding. Astroaware.net is the place yes. to go. Astroaware.net. And Alicia, it was so great talking with you today. And once again, I have a full sheet of notes from <laughs> our conversation. And it, right. it's such great information and things to be looking out for and looking ahead to. You don't necessarily have to structure every day of your life around astrology, but you need to be aware of the bigger things that are coming yeah. and, and just have those kind of in the background. Absolutely. You're, and you're, you're in Aries. I, this Aries energy that we're going into is bold new initiatives and directions as a collective. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us today. We will do this again before too long. I would think sometime in April. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we should talk again, y'all, (laughs) mid-April. Count on it. We will give you a call, Alicia. All right. Thank you so much. Be well. Pleasure. You as well. Alicia Michelle, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in today. Thank you so much for giving us of your time and attention. We'll be back tomorrow, 10 a.m. Pacific, right here on AM 1150 Seattle and 1150 KKNW.com. Until then, let this be the start of your great weekend.